0: Well, and I was uh, watching the making of this, and people were like, they didn't even know about exorcisms. Like it kind of fell off the radar, mm-hmm. um, and this movie kind of picked up the interest again. But when it came out, people were like, exorcism, like, yeah, yeah, because there's lines in the movie. Know.
1: They're like, oh, it's it's the Catholic Church's Church's dirty little secret, and I'm right. like, well, I don't think that's the dirty little secret. <laughs> exorcism's the least of your worries. Welcome to a cast with no name. We are your hosts. I'm Jay and I'm Matt. This is episode 71. This episode, we try to exercise those demons as we discuss the 1973 William Friedkin film, The Exorcist. But first, don't forget to visit our website, a cast where you can listen to all of our past episodes. We're also on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. So and if you like our show, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening if you don't like our show. But uh, if you do, leave us a like or something uh, to kind of help out the show a little bit. Um, the Exorcist. Yeah. Which one did you watch? Just the normal one. Th- me too. Yeah. So uh, is that the one you've seen the most?
0: Yeah. It's the one without the uh, spider walk yeah. down the stairs. <clears throat>
1: yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, saw the theatrical one too. I think I've seen the... Extended director's cut mm. more often Because um, I think the version that I have Is that version on physical media But I streamed it um, like a child yeah. yesterday um, There you go. Last night, yeah um, So, cool and that was the regular one? Yeah, yep. yeah, the
0: theatrical cut so. What's <clears> the extended <throat> director's cut? What do they add in there? Uh,
1: they add a lot more Well, they add a couple of scenes of dialogue They add um, a lot more flash frames of Pazuzu. Okay. And I think they actually, yeah, I say I've seen it more often, but it's been like 10 years since I saw, uh, the extended one, I believe they reference the actual demon's name Pazuzu. Hmm. Um, and, uh, but yeah, they intercut it with a lot of flash frames. There's a, there's the spider walk scene. And I think there's a couple other scenes that are just kind of added in. more um, dialogue scenes. A little bit, yeah, and a lot of it was uh, stuff that was added in because the person who wrote the movie also wrote the book that mm-hmm. it was based off of, and <clears throat> uh, William Peter Blatty, and um, he and William Fried- Friedkin had kind of got into it because he, William Friedkin, the director, kind of cut out a lot of, not a lot, but some of the key moments that the author felt needed to be in the movie Mm -hmm. and um and then when he did the extended director's cut he kind of put those things back in uh partly to kind of appease William Peter Blatty Mm -hmm. and but then also uh a lot of the stuff they thought they didn't have um just because it got lost and so in the extended um so spoilers if you haven't watched go watch this movie it's it's 50 years old. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's old. Spoilers.
1: <laughs> don't, don't come at us. Um, it's pretty old. But, um, so, like, there was a line of dialogue at the end uh, of uh, Father Dyer, um, Dwyer, Dyer, um, who is the friend of Father Karras. Yeah, Dyer. And actually played by a real priest who taught yeah. at some Jesuit school in the area, but, um, there was a line of dialogue that he said, why don't you hold on to this? Or why don't you keep it? Talking about the little metal Mm -hmm. necklace. And um, there, I believe there was another line of dialogue from um, Ellen Burstein's character saying, I believe in the devil, I don't believe in God, kind of a thing. And so there's little things like that. But that line that Father Dyer had, they thought they lost that audio, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think they did. They just had him recut that audio like 27 years later when they were doing the director's cut because gotcha. so, he was still around. So they just had him right dub it in. and So it wasn't
0: intent by William Freakin. They just. Yeah. Some of the shit
1: got lost. Um, the spider walk scene was originally supposed to be in the theatrical cut, but he left it out because he couldn't find a way to remove the wires uh. from the acrobat that was actually doing the walk down the stairs. And, um, but obviously when they did it in 2000 or whenever they that, cut it out they yeah they were able to digitally remove it um so there i mean some of the stuff got lost some of the stuff they just couldn't deal with because i mean yeah. the, the the original shoot schedule for this was supposed to be like i don't know it was like 30 days or something like that and it ended up being like 250 um because
0: <laughs> they went to iraq
1: yeah <laughs> we'll get it done in 30 days um <laughs> So yeah, uh so there's a couple different versions of this movie. Um So are you saying the Exorcist got the Star Wars special edition treatment? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm not a fan of those. Yeah. But we'll we'll get into that later. Um I think there are some aspects of the director's cut that I do like um that aren't in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um but overall, I mean, obviously this movie's great. Yeah. So, I mean, it's i it's just small things, but yeah um
0: doesn't take away from the overall experience
1: yeah and i think the adjustments that he did uh for the director's cut i feel like works better for more modern audiences because it i mean there's a lot there's a lot more flash frames or just like the image of pazuzu like showing up on the uh range hood in the kitchen when the lights are kind of flickering off and she turns them on there's like a split flash like just like the demon looking at her and so there's like a bunch of small stuff like that that kind of um i think works like i said better for more more modern audiences that are more used to um modern filmmaking either with the jump scares or something like that Mm -hmm. i i don't feel like um the director's cut in any way takes away from the original so much because it is very much the same movie it's not like you see the original star wars theatrical and then you see the special editions, then you see the Blu-rays, and it just gets more and more ridiculous as George Lucas keeps throwing in cartoon shit that doesn't need to be there mm-hmm. or changing things entirely. Um, now, uh, I th- the things that it does change, I think the director's cut in relation to the exer- the original theatrical release, it kind of gives more, um, I think, uh, what do I want to say, c- uh, context yeah. And kind of gives it a little bit more story So it actually, because watching this I did feel like some things Were slightly missing, and maybe that's just Because I'm used to the newer cut um, Because I was trying to infer What the meaning was Now that those scenes weren't How would I infer the meaning of that uh, As opposed to the actual The uh, the newer director's cut Yeah <clears throat> well, what, What'd you ask me?
0: Nothing oh. no, not, not, <laughs> Nothing at all <laughs> um you, you were just going <laughs> I was just, just flapping away so when did you first see this movie uh, did you see it as
1: a kid yeah um same thing with Silence of the Lambs I think it was probably in the same year yeah. uh I saw it because again my dad showed this to me like a lot of the older movies yeah yeah he yeah,
0: had <laughs> raised him right <laughs>
1: <laughs> a lot of those older movies. Um, when I was a younger teenager, he started showing me all the ones that um, he enjoyed. He didn't show this to me when I was like sure, single sure. digits or whatever. Sure. But um,
0: yeah, you wouldn't be able to sleep.
1: Yeah, if you're an eight year old. Yeah, I mean, even when I saw this, when I I mean, the first time I saw it, I was probably I don't know, I had to have been like thirteen, maybe mm-hmm. around that age, plus or minus yeah. a year to um and and it kind of scared the shit out of me and um i was more i guess religious back then mm-hmm. um than i am now but i mean the the filmmaking techniques and everything were just great but it was enjoyable re-watching this again because um i same thing with how i kind of picked felt like uh um, not David Lynch,
0: David Fincher. Fincher.
1: Yeah, how I was kind of getting Fincher vibes from Silence of the Lambs. I'm getting Mike Flanagan vibes from uh, The Exorcist. The Exorcist, yeah. and uh, not so much as um, that. Not that The Exorcist has a lot of character development. It has some. It has most. Uh, it has more character development than typically modern horror movies. Um, but the slow burn oh, yeah. and the slow buildup and yeah. the payoff and everything um, may, reminds me a lot of Mike Flanagan, especially Midnight Mass. Um, like the whole Midnight Mass thing just feels like a longer form
0: yeah. of uh,
1: exercise as far as
0: storytelling beats and everything else. Yeah. This is one of those weird movies where I remember watching it as like a teenager it being scary, and I, and you you brought up a good point because I was definitely more religious uh, when I was younger than I am now, which is probably why it enhanced the scariness factor of it all. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a weird movie because it's not scary to me anymore, not really anymore. But it's a I I appreciate how well done it is. Mm-hmm. I lo- I love the character development in the in the movie, and it's the acting's great. I love the more I learn about it and how the, why they hired William Friedkin and. Uh, that the actual author of the book wrote the screenplay, which kind of it, it makes sense because the screenplay is awesome. Mm-hmm. It really is good, and it's it's a lot of what they say in the dialogue, and then a lot of what they don't say um, that kind of stands out. Like um, Father Marin, played by Max von Sindau, you don't you know it, it builds up to the point where like they they've lost all hope. They they've tried all the the recent medical. Uh, advancements of the day, that's not working. They tried Father Karras. He's not a real believer. He's losing faith. And then they're like, the last the last Hail Mary throws to this father. And it's like, why would you pick this guy? And it's, it goes all the way back to the beginning where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, he's a world traveler. He's probably seen a lot of shit in his day. Maybe this guy knows what he's talking about. And, it, and he's the only one that's... And he's the only one who has done it. Right. So they don't say that, obviously. Yeah. Like, they don't <clears> spell <throat> it out like they mm-hmm. would today. I feel like if this if they wrote the screenplay today, they would have to like... Like, list this guy's resume off. Yeah. Like, in some yeah. stupid... Th- they'd scene have some dialogue. montage
1: of someone's like, "We well, yeah. you
0: know, all right, we need to get this guy. He's been blah, blah. And exactly. then just shows him in the wilderness yes. doing all these things. It'd be they're... stupid. Yeah. And they don't do it here, which... Anyway, so things like that, and, you know, as I get older, and every time I watch it, I just pick up something different that I, I just like from a story perspective that uh, I, I didn't necessarily pick up when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to watch, like, the, the exorcism scene yeah. and all the intensity of it and how... Exciting it was to get scared. Yeah, and I don't. That's not how I watch it anymore. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Um, I agree. Yeah, I mean, anymore, it's um, it's kind of it's fallen into uh more often than not like a yearly viewing for Halloween. yeah. Yeah. So we don't watch it every Halloween, but typically, I mean. The last time I saw the director's cut was probably, I mean, like I said, 10 years ago. But um, I mean, I, and then the theatrical cut last time I saw it before last night was I don't know, three years ago or something right. like that. But usually um, because we'll kind of switch off on years as far as what we watch for Halloween. We always have to watch Casper. I watched it last night. Yeah. With the boys, they the, love it. Yep. <laughs> the uh, and then like Halloween, and then yep. then all those. But um, so Exorcist will slide in there if we're having more of a gory season of Halloween.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and which is funny because this isn't really that gory, not really. No. Um, Especially if you apply today's standards, it's yeah. pretty tame.
1: It is Uh, Well not not masturbating with a crucifix You know Um, what I mean Yeah As far as like (laughs) violence No I get get it (laughs) Yeah it's it's pea soup Instead of just blood everywhere And everything else Um, But yeah Uh, So you said you saw this when you were Like around 13 Around 13 Yeah Yeah. The uh, Watching it Well before you Before you get balls deep Uh huh This movie fucked me up My entire life it did huh and not because of the scariness or whatever <clears throat> it is because uh max von Sudo see how do you how do you say his name? max von Sido. max von Sido. i thought that guy was 80 years old my entire life and this movie completely because um he was only 44 when he was in this he had old age makeup and because yeah. i had to do the math and i told christy last night i was like this, I was like, I, I've always thought this guy was just super freaking old. Mm-hmm. And, um, and l- like the next time I see him, I, I think he was in, uh, what was it Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the, the, um, Daniel Craig one yeah. that David Fincher did. I think he showed up in that. And I was like, that fucker's still alive. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he's been the same age. He's like Sean Connery, but just even yeah. like more exaggerated. Um, but, but yeah, I always thought he was just super old. And nope. That's, Great makeup, yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, I watched it in H because I have it on DVD, so I don't have it on Blu-ray. This is the first time I watched it in HD. That's kind of why I streamed it, right? Um, and so, I mean, you can you can see it. Uh, yeah. DVD kind of hides it a little bit better because it's mm-hmm. the standard definition, but um, but yeah, I, I definitely noticed it more now. But his his acting, I mean, his hands, like the makeup on his hands, is yeah. still good, and yeah, uh, his walk and everything. I mean great job Very yeah good. i always thought well, that. well the ex- first
0: thing i saw him in that i remembered <clears throat> uh was minority report mm-hmm. and then when i watched that i'm like wait because i would recently probably seen the exorcist i can't remember i'm like isn't that the guy from yeah because i had the same feeling you did like he has to be 100 a hundred years old he's a fucking vampire yeah he right? doesn't <laughs> age good for him
1: yeah um does his kegels that's right <laughs> pilates are fucking paying Something. off um but uh but yeah, so I, I had to get that out of the way. Sure. I, I mean that just warped my entire sense of reality my entire life. Um He's the, great in it though. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, I mean he's everyone's pretty pretty damn good. Yeah. Um so well to kick it off, uh do you have a clip of the music? I do. All right, let's 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 play that really quick. Yeah. So, funny thing about the music. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't made for the movie. No, <laughs> I always thought it was.
0: Um, go on a little the bit more. About- you know, well, I thought obviously because it's iconic. It's an iconic theme, and I, when I think of The Exorcist, I always think of that little snippet that we we just mm-hmm. played, and didn't look anything further than that into it until we were gonna review this movie. And turns out, yeah, not made at all for the movie. It actually came out the the same year as the movie, and it was like one of the last things that William Friedkin decided to put into the movie. Uh, He heard this thing, Tubular Bells, by this 19-year-old Mike Oldfield, which, by the way, the first release from Virgin Records ever, and actually put Virgin Records on the map because after The Exorcist became popular, everyone started buying buying Tubular Bells, which is literally, it's a two-track, 45-minute, C D and it's just instrumental. That's it.
1: Richard Branson needs to thank his lucky stars.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: How about he thanks that the devil crazy? every single day? He's got to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's got to.
1: Um Yeah. It's just wild to me. And um and it's funny because and I don't know. I mean, there was you you had Alfred Hitchcock prior to this. You had thriller and Mm -hmm. i guess more i mean alfred Hitchcock would be the closest thing you could like for horror kind of a thing um i'm not a huge horror fan but i i feel like this music and i didn't do any research because screw that um (laughs) the the music of this is eerily similar to halloween yeah and just a lot of those like very faint musical cues that you get in slasher movies mm-hmm. and i wonder if the inspiration for that kind of music came from the theme used in this movie which Maybe. just happened to be an instrumental from some 19 year old kid who could change the course of music crazy that's used in horror movies um
0: but yeah it's uh yeah i thought it was funny and funny thing about this this kid mike uh oldfield He's re-recorded Tubular Bells four times because I, apparently he's a psychopath where he wants it to be perfect. He hears it in his head that and, poor bastard. and then he'll record it again and it's like, oh, that's close, but not quite. But he'll release it and he'll get a response and then he like reanalyzes everything and he'll record it again because it's not quite syncing up to what he what he's hearing in his mind it's it's crazy that poor guy there's an interview on youtube with michael it's i I watched 10 minutes of it i'm like wow this guy is he's out of his mind yeah he's lost it uh he's lost thread with with reality i i feel for him yeah (laughs) Yeah. um oh yeah oh that's that is when it but that's what happened? It's the power of movies, I guess. Like the, the next example I can think of is like uh, uh, Ray Parker Jr. with Ghostbusters. Like that song is not gonna be popular unless Ghostbusters is popular. Mm-hmm. Where Ray Parker Jr. ends up selling like 20 million albums, yeah, because of the popularity of that movie. Um, obviously Celine Dion with Titanic. Like you know, if a, a movie is extremely popular, it doesn't matter what soundtrack is attached to it. It's going to be successful because they're just gonna equate the two together, and yeah,
1: yeah. I, I'm trying to think of a movie that was wildly popular, but the music was not, and off the top of my head, I can't think of anything, I but, can't. but that, I guarantee you there's probably one, oh, there's got to be a song,
0: or like a show, like Stranger Things, what was yeah. that song that was very popular? Just like last year, but when it came out in like 85, it oh, wasn't running, uh, running, running up, up the that hill. hill. It was like fine, but yeah. it wasn't like number one. Like it yeah. became after they released it on Stranger Things. So
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it reminds me of the, uh, was it the Sopranos. They called it the uh, Sopranos effect when um, they used Don't Stop Believing at the end of oh, the Sopranos yeah. TV show. And afterwards, like the downloads and people buying Journey CDs went through the roof and Journey kind of rode that wave they're continuing to ride that wave um because it kind of brought them back into mainstream and and it made me laugh because i remember in an interview they said um oh we're it's like ah we made it into like americana or like the we're we're part of the that made us feel like we're part of the american culture because sopranos used us for their music really yeah and they said they weren't before (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and okay, but they, they felt like that just kind of gave them a notch up but the thing that popped into my head I was like they've already used Journey in The Sopranos before they used mm-hmm. Wheel in the Sky back like in season 2 or something like that okay. when Tony Sopranos taking AJ for a ride on the Stugats his boat and um, and I was like you guys obviously didn't watch Sopranos because Wheel in the Sky was like second season man mm-hmm. <laughs> or could have been first season but... wasn't as popular back then yeah yeah, it didn't. It, it definitely was. I, obviously, it's different because the Sopranos final episode, mm-hmm. they were playing that song. So obviously, yeah, thing. But um,
0: well, and the funny thing about this is, even though this is the theme of The Exorcist, it's really not in the movie all that much. It's when Ellen Burstyn's mm-hmm. walking the streets of Georgetown. Yep. And then, I think that's it. Or does it come up? I don't even. Does it come up when Moxman Sitao pulls up in the, uh, to the house? I think
1: it yeah. Either it comes up then, or it comes up um, at the very end. Right. Well. Used sporadically. It's Mm -hmm. not like Halloween where it's like every... Yeah, and music as a whole isn't used much in this movie. No, no. Um, Which is one of the things I kind of like about it. Um, Now, there are... Because I streamed it and heard it in HD, there's a lot of music in there underneath that's very, very low that I didn't notice before. And, I mean, it is still low. But it was kind of more of like just mood tones Mm -hmm. and um it wasn't i mean it it wasn't apparent at all especially in the dvd like i don't even think i really picked up on it really earlier it's just always thought it was like more of a gnat sound yeah uh or uh diegetic diet whatever the term is (laughs) but the um i just thought they were using the sound within the room they didn't use a lot of music um but yeah, so, I mean, yeah, they don't even use music that much. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think actually helps it because... Yeah, for sure. Um, you don't I, need it, really, dude. Do you, you? don't need it. And because, I mean, although I am the first to argue that you get a totally different picture when you add music, because mm-hmm. you could cut something together. But if you add, like, the right music, it could just, like, amplify it. Like but also, Yeah. Um, the other side of that coin is... What was it? Uh... Wes Craven's Last House on the Left. Uh, It's like one of his first ones. Right. Okay, I haven't seen it. The music for that is not good. It's like some woman's like running through the woods, running for her life, and you have like this kind of like uppity music. Kind of like really? it kind of okay. felt happy at the time to where maybe. Um, and I'm glad they didn't use a lot of music in this because if they used music to kind of accentuate the mood, which I don't think it needed at all, um, it might have come off as campy or, right. um, probably may have had like an ill effect. It's for, yeah. like for the viewer, just, um, an adverse effect for the viewer that, um, kind of making it go into almost comedy just because. Depending on what music that they used But right. the little that they did I thought was good I agree um, So what are your You were talking about um, A little bit of like the ramp up Yes um, the slow burn Yeah the slow burn I have, I have <laughs> one page of notes I wrote for this <laughs> And um, Half of that page Is just the slow build Okay. Um, It really is a slow build. It is. And because I feel like, so I'm just going to rattle this off really quick. Sure. Um, Noise in the attic. That happens first. Yep. And then um, Reagan and her mother are looking at the Ouija board Uh and the cursor kind of flips. Yep. And then the bed shakes. Mm -hmm. And then more noise in the attic. And then during the party, Reagan comes downstairs and says, You're going to die up there, then mm-hmm. pisses on the floor. More bed shaking. Tests. So they start going to the doctors. Um, they, uh, as they're reviewing the x rays of the brain, they go to the house. And then you notice her voice changing with the doctor's visit and she attacks one of the doctors. More tests. Then uh, Reagan kills the director of the movie uh-huh. that her mother was working on which they don't show yeah they don't show but they infer it Mm -hmm. and and later they say that she did yeah the um the hypnotist then comes hypnotizer and then you get more of that Mm -hmm. and then they put her under observation a little bit and then they take her back home and um her head rotates all the way around she attacks the mother and it was the same scene as like masturbating with the crucifix They have all of that, and I like how they, you mentioned it before, they exhaust all possibilities.
0: Yes, yes.
1: It's an, the version we watched was two hours long. It's an hour and 15 minutes before the mother talks to the priest. Yeah. And, and then after that, it's more like even the priest doesn't believe it. And because he's having trouble with his faith. Yes. So he's not even really buying into it. And he's a psychologist and he's trying to, so then you have more of like, okay, we're still not there yet. And then you have the exorcism, which is like nine minutes at the end of the movie. Yep. Um, And the amount of restraint that this movie shows compared to um, another one I like, The the Conjuring, um, Mm -hmm. where it's spooky shit immediately. And I mean, that's what you're sold on. And um, this, I kind of feel... uh, The Exorcist, I feel like, takes more of the Jaws route. Because, yeah, this was sold as, like, The Exorcist. And they save that to the very end. Um, But in the meantime... I mean, it's not dragging it out. It isn't mundane. They're building the characters. And that's why I was kind of getting Mike Flanagan vibes because he does this a lot too. He does the slow burn. He builds the characters. He makes you care about the characters. Mm -hmm. And then he'll erupt it into a climax and where it kind of pulls everything together.
0: Well, it makes the climax that much more impactful. Yeah. Because especially the ending of this, Mm -hmm. you you start to like Father Karras. I mean, you like Father Marin because he hasn't really done anything to make you dislike him to that point. But you really do... You're kind of rooting for Father Karras.
1: Mm-hmm. and you and you feel for the mother. Yes, like she's slowly losing yes. her mind. She doesn't know what to do. They're like, "Oh, well, we could do another test, and it's going to require another spinal tap." And then you're just like, "Jesus!" Yeah, and um, and not that you have to have kids to appreciate that scene, but it kind of—I mean—it just hits a little bit differently because yes, yeah. then you're just like, oh, fuck. "Like just the the amount of uncomfortableness and." Um, the exhaustive approach that they went to try and find out what's wrong. Um, but I like how no one ever jumps to the conclusion of, oh, we need a priest, right? Kind of a thing. It's even even after the doctors
0: are like, well, we we don't know. Well, it's because she chides them. She's like, yeah. wow, eighty doctors in here, and none of you have have any idea what's wrong with her." Yeah. And he's like, "Well, all right, uh, have you checked a priest?" Yeah. Well, and and they were, I feel like they were kind of serious about it because
1: they asked, "Um, are you like, are you religious? Is your daughter religious?" And mm-hmm. like, well, there's some. They say you could talk to the priest, at, or talk to a priest, where there's been some instances. Um, about exorcism it's not really well known but and then she replies with like so you want me to go to a witch doctor yeah and com- is it where even <laughs> it just feels a lot more real than what i feel like if they made the movie now um it would be the whole thing would be set up in the first 10 minutes yep and people would just be making dumb decisions yeah and they would either be pushing things off because of stupidity, not because of who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. And because the mother wasn't religious, she was trying to find that solution. And it and it works out better because you already know her character. You know that their family isn't particularly religious. She's having marital problems. Um,
0: well, and if it were made today, you, they would have showed the scene of her killing the director. Yeah. To Amp... But but not showing that amps up the tension to me because it's all in your head. Like, what did she do to that guy? You, and then the, and then what's his name, Lieutenant uh, the detective? Mm-hmm. He's trying to solve the case, and he's explaining like his head was flipped completely around. Yep. Maybe it was done when he fell down the stairs, but not likely. Yeah. Even when thing. he talks
1: to the priest, he's like, and then Father Karras is like, well, could have happened in the fall, right? He's like. It, not not like this. And yeah, yeah. He's like, it was turned completely all the way around.
0: <laughs> yes. Um. But uh, but you're right. They would have set up the movie in the first 10 mm-hmm. minutes. Like you said, The Conjuring, a good movie, but it's instant spooky stuff. Yeah. Like, right away to grab you in. This doesn't do that. And... The first, like, 15 minutes is Father Karen in the desert in Iraq. hmm Just slow panning shots of the dig site. Him brushing some stuff off. Yeah. Him
1: wandering around and i've never read the book i tried to uh i couldn't get into it um so i i'm i'm i think there is more in the book in reference to because like the the demon that i think he kind of unearths mm-hmm. in the statue he goes to see that's that's pazuzu mm-hmm. and it's the demon that he in the book he had done a previous exorcism in east africa or something like that with a some uh boy in a tribe and uh it was the same demon um hence why reagan says Marin, or the demon says Marin while she's possessed twice when father Karras is recording mm-hmm. um because they play it back and they're like don't get, don't get the priest don't like not Marin, not maron kind of because that was yeah. the only one that he knew so um i yeah i, I think it could have used a little bit more background of that. Um, just like a throwaway line or something, mm-hmm. um, which they kind of already have in there. Like, Oh, well the only person we have. So you just kind of assume that it's the same kind of demon.
0: Yeah. Um, her- I do, I do like when, uh, she's exhausted all the efforts from the doctors. They can't figure it out. And she goes to father Karis and then father Karis doesn't believe her. And he, he's having a conversation with Reagan and he's doing the Pazuzu voice and, you know, she makes the table move or the drawer open up and he's like did you do that and he's still not believing it. Mm-hmm. And he's like and he closes it and he says do it again and <laughs> she's like in time. Yeah. Oh, uh, like, no, th- that would again. be a
1: vulgar display of power. Right. something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um but yeah, he he talks to her she uh and and Reagan while being p- possessed references his dead mother. Um Yeah immediately knows that he's a priest because he repeats what the homeless guy said to him and like oh you spare change father i'm catholic or something like that yeah. and then um and after that encounter he asks uh reagan's "Is like did did you tell her a priest was coming over today she's like no like do you know my mom recently passed and she's like oh yeah i, I heard that he's like D- did reagan know she's like no She's like, why was it me? He's like, oh, nothing. And then he kind of like walks off and it still doesn't believe. No. And, but I mean, that makes sense though, because earlier in the movie, he's having a conversation with Father Dyer and Dwyer and says, um, I think I've lost my faith. I'm mm-hmm. not the right person to do this. And, um, and that's a very, I, I like his character in that because of that. Because, I mean, it's, People aren't believing it because they have very realistic reasons why they don't believe it, mm-hmm. and it's not just being ignorant for the sake of being ignorant for story wise it's there's crucial elements to these characters why they don't believe what's happening right yep
0: um Jason Miller's great. he does feel like a guy that would just be an everyday. Like like he he you feel like you can meet him on the street. He doesn't really have like a, I don't know that like movie star look look to him. Yeah, he looks like an everyday man kind yeah. of thing. Looks but he's like, a really good actor. He mm-hmm. kills it. Yeah. Um,
1: the uh I guess what are um what are some of your favorite things about this we already talked about slow burn
0: Mm -hmm. um what are what are your other favorite i like i can't say i like but it's executed well the the go just the the technology of the day like to me the most frightening part is like you said i mean you don't have to be a parent to understand but it hits a little bit harder god those scenes where they're testing her with that like medieval shit Mm-hmm. And, like, the sounds. Oh, and, the old x-ray. Yeah. And... That stuff is, like, I, it's hard to watch. I don't like watching it. I'd rather watch the actual exorcism and, like, the fucking split pea soup and all that mm-hmm. shit. But, like, her on the, you know, little girl, and I don't like watching that stuff. It's, like, hard to... Ugh. I, it, I, It's good because it's it feels real. Mm-hmm. And even back in the, the early 70s, like, I couldn't even imagine, like, getting an MRI and them poking you with all this shit because... And they, they don't have they don't have any idea. It's probably newer it's very new technology for the day, so they're still learning how to like to read mm-hmm. the MRI, MRI and like what does this spot mean? Well, I don't know. Well let's do a spinal tap or let's do this test. Yeah. To confirm it because we're not sure yet. Yeah. Which still goes on today. Sure. Like, a lot of sure. times
1: they just do tests for the sake of tests because mm-hmm. there's still things that happen medically that people are just like I oh, don't Yeah. I'm and then from know.
0: that, Ellen Burson's performance, it just she's awesome in it because she sells just a mom who's, you know, she she's just in Georgetown to to perform in a movie. She's mm-hmm. an actress. She's just here to do a job. And this awful thing's happening to her. And no one's helping her. Yeah. There's no answers anywhere. And she just feels helpless. And it just comes through in uh, her performance. And it's it's very good. Yeah. And even psychiatry back in
1: the 70s, which the movie doesn't really talk about it even psychiatry back then was fairly new i Mm -hmm. mean the 60s is i think when it started coming kind of people started going to psychiatrists usually it was like for bored housewives or stuff like that that, yeah oh my my wife's depressed how do i make her happy and want to bang me again well take her to a psychiatrist it's because they had jack shit to do or whatever reason and Mm -hmm. um so even psychiatry was still an infant stage I mean I think um father Karras' uncle makes mention. it's like oh, you could have been on the the west coast making um, being the a big shot psychiatrist or whatever so I think even that was still fairly new at the time mm-hmm. uh, because they first exhaust everything medically before they even talk about finding a psychiatrist mm-hmm. um, but yeah the one of the things I like um during the Exorcist, like you I mean, it's just, this movie was made, it was made to kind of, I I mean, I think it was meant to scare people, obviously, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't like, I feel like most horror movies now, they don't have the thought behind them, uh, behind the film, that, that I feel like was put into this. I mean, this is... This is when they made movies and the director wanted to do this because he wanted to say something he want like there's tons of shit like there's um the little paper mache thing that reagan makes at the beginning of the movie this orange giraffe looking thing was made to mimic the pazuzu demon that father marin found in iraq uh, loosely like it was just supposed to resemble it but they made it look like that on purpose and it's like the tiny shit like that that they put in this movie um that a lot of people won't notice. And the only reason why I notice is because I read it on trivia. Right. right. And yep. um but there's tiny things like that. There's uh Father Karras exercising, like running. He's a boxer. Yep. He still boxes, he still practices, so he's still in shape. He's younger. And even after the first stint of the exorcism, uh Father Marin asks him, he's like, Are you tired? And he's like yeah. And it was like three fucking minutes, so you know how like how much of a toll this takes on you um for those characters in that situation to where that kind of just <clears> adds <throat> gravity to the situation. Yeah. To where if they didn't show that it, I feel like he exercised or something like that, like it kind of almost would have been like, What? They're tired after all they said was a yeah. couple of things and Yeah. That was it.
0: Well, and that's I think it's good that they d- See, Yeah, you're right. It's thawed out because you can call back to that when Father Marin dies and then F- Father Karras is like, take me, take me. Like he's fighting like a mm-hmm. boxer would. Yeah. He's like, come on, let's go. Mm-hmm. Me and you right now. And he's like, uh, you know, I'm not gonna let you kill this little girl. And you think of him hitting the fucking heavy bag and like just until he's exhausted. Yeah. And again, smart choice. You're, yeah, if it was made today, it'd be more... I don't know, like... Dumb. Stupid, <laughs> is the first word that came to It'd just head.
1: be vulgar for the
0: sake of being yeah. vulgar. Yeah,
1: Um The... Uh, the other thing I like is... um It was when they were taking a break. And after their first stint of the exorcism and... Um, they take a break and, uh, or he, Father Marin tells Father Karras to leave the room because, um, what, uh, Pazuzu, the, the demon was getting, sent, yeah, he was getting to him mm-hmm. and, and he could tell. And, but there's a, a scene on the bed to where, um, he asked him if he was tired and Father Karras is just kind of like sitting there and like the look on his face was, I felt it was kind of like he was starting to get his faith back a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, but I think it was more in that stage from the way the movie was presented, the theatrical cut, because that's, that's when I thought I was like, okay, he lost his faith. Maybe that's when he got it back. But I feel like it was more of the demon was getting to him at that time. They take a break. He's sitting downstairs and, um, Chris, the Reagan's mom comes and talks to Father Karras, and she's like, Oh, is it over? And he's like, No. And she asks, she's like, is, she, is she gonna die? And, um, and like it's the slightest change of expression, but it's just like, No. Mm. And to where I mean, that moment I think obviously is when he got his faith back. Because at that moment, I think he understood what he needed to do, um, which was beat the shit out of a twelve-year-old and jump out the window. The um, <laughs> moral of the story: yeah. if your kids act up, just beat the shit beat the out. shit out them. But you got to jump out the window. Yeah, and you better hope there's stairs because yes. if not, it's gonna hurt. But um, yeah,
0: you're just gonna go straight to jail. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs>
1: But I I like that moment in the movie. However, and I'm not a fan of directors going back. There's a second clip that we have. Um, This was cut out of the theatrical version. This is if if I could put anything back in the movie, I wouldn't put in the spider walk, Um, even though that was. I mean, it's kind of cool to see, but it's it's it didn't it doesn't work, I think, because it ruins that slow burn. Because you have little bits, you have the noise in the attic. You got the Ouija board. You got all these slightly escalating things, and some of them repeat, but they just repeat more dramatically, mm-hmm. uh, to where the spider walk in the extended director's cut appears a lot sooner um, than everything else that's like freaky. Um, right. So I wouldn't put that back in here, but I would put there's a conversation on a stairway between uh, Father Marin and uh, Father Karras, after they take their break, that they cut out of the theatrical one. And we'll just have a listen.
0: By this girl, it makes no sense. I, I think the point is to make us despair.
1: To see ourselves as animal and ugly. To reject the possibility that God could love us—that I feel like Ooh. is like the entire point of yeah, the movie. I think so. Um, yeah. And uh, and it's a it's a very. Uh, important conversation I think for Father Karras's character because I mean without that clip I feel like he he just kind of comes to it on his own Mm -hmm. to where that um because I feel like this story is more for Father Karras I feel like he's I mean obviously it follows uh Chris and Reagan more but I mean it's it's a story about how Priest got his faith back Pretty much. Almost. I mean, and in a horrible way, but yes. Yeah. And, (laughs) uh, but for his character, I feel like that that's the only thing I would insert in the theatrical version. Mm -hmm. I, and it's only like 30 seconds long. They should, I mean, maybe audiences were different back then. Maybe they felt like it was just beating people over the head, um, and being redundant. But, um, but I think it's a very good scene. It's a short scene and it adds a little bit something to the exorcism scene because it is so short it's um i I feel like that could have offered a little bit of a break um but i I think that conversation means everything to one to the movie
0: but two to father caris it shot well too yeah i like that yeah yeah the close-ups and everything Mm -hmm. but yeah I, i was thinking about uh so overall just thinking about seeing this in 1973 um, and why you probably, they probably want to make a movie like this because it's not, it is that slow burn. That's not like nowadays studios, green light movies it has to follow a specific algorithm of beats. And you know, they, I don't think this would ever get greenlit. Like mm-hmm. the way that they made it here. I don't think they would be like, Oh yeah, I want you to make it exactly the way that it's written. They'd say no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, we got to have like, you know, captain America has to swoop in here with CGI Hulk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, they would have to, well, no, we, we need more scary parts in exactly, the beginning. Exactly. And
1: how about we have a cold open for the movie? So like, you, yeah, you kind of, I mean, you kind of have one in Iraq, but mm, now nah, we need something more, more literal and like how, actually... how about we finish we, we start with him finishing on an exorcism yes and then before pazuzu gets exercised from the tribal kid then he says i'll see you soon doctor uh Pre- father Marin," yeah and yeah. then he just vanishes and then it cuts to uh georgetown georgetown <laughs> yes and probably yeah and i uh yeah i don't think the only way i could see is like if a big name director wanted to do something similar and it ended up on Netflix. I don't see it
0: being released in theater. Um, and I am, I am super happy that it was made in 73 before the whole slasher craze started mm -hmm. picking up steam because I even think if it was made in the eighties, it wouldn't have been, they would have been more gore or something. I think the studio heads would have been like Friday the 13th and and Nightmare on Elm Street or they're up in the ante. You got to put some more gore in this movie and it would have been different. yeah." So it's, but I mean, an audience hasn't seen anything like that in seventy three. So you've already said the stories about people fainting and mm-hmm. like th- vomiting because. And, and then
1: I feel like this movie started like oh, oh, people were passing out in the exactly, theater because yeah, they yeah. saw yeah uh, paranormal activity part seven or some bullshit yeah. and yeah um, <laughs> yeah. But I could, I don't know. A never-ending uh, cycle. I don't Just, know if I can still see people fainting from this. I mean No,
0: no, not not today.
1: Uh no, I mean even back in 73. I don't know if
0: Oh, I can see it. I like, mean, I th-
1: guess back in like the twenties when they had like a train coming at you, people were like shitting their pants. Yeah, like the old uh, gonna, uh, yeah. Nick Schwartz and bit. Yeah. Like
0: when oh, I hate when people say Transformers sucks, it's like, <laughs> can you imagine if people in the twenties saw Rise of the Beasts? <laughs> <laughs> they look at the screen and go, <laughs> yeah um (laughs) he's right yeah yeah the uh god what was i gonna say fucking forget well Uh, and i was uh, watching the making of this and people were like they didn't even know about exorcisms like it kind of fell off the radar mm -hmm. um and this movie kind of picked up the interest again but when it came out people were like exorcism like yeah yeah because there's a line in the movie
1: they're like oh it's it's the catholic church church's dirty little secret and All i'm like right. well, i don't think that's the dirty little secret <laughs>
0: exorcism's the
1: least of your yeah <laughs> you guys were trying to hide that <laughs> that's actually helping people
0: <laughs> uh oh god uh. you know i just saw uh, this stand-up bit by owen benjamin was talking about this he's like he's like yeah i like I like religion. I like the Bible, you know, but I grew up Catholic, so I didn't hear any of that stuff. I just was told to give uh, $5 to a pedophile every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, if you're yeah. listening to this and you're yes, Catholic, I'm, sorry. I'm, well, I'm Catholic. Okay. Yeah. So I can so say those things. It's fine.
1: The, uh Yeah. It's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. It and I'm sure whoever's listening, your priest, I'm sure is not. No. Hopefully Jesus. Mm.
0: Um, but I can definitely see this being crazy shocking when it came out. Yeah, I mean, just the special effects, I th-
1: I mean, yeah. are phenomenal. The amount of, uh, I mean, they had uh, s- some of the things they did. So they did, um, which is another thing I like, the room is just cold. Mm-hmm. Like at first when you see it's cold, it's because the window's open. But the mm-hmm. window's been shut, like when they have her strapped in bed and everything yep. else. And and they they still have that breath. It's just like a nice touch to the atmosphere um but how they did that was like hooking up like four pretty much air conditioners to a room to refrigerate it to the point where it would uh where you could see breath
0: right um every time they shot a scene they had to wait a little bit for it to cool back down because the lighting would would heat heat up the room yep yeah
1: and then uh and then the amount of moisture in there it almost caused fire yeah well no snow Um, Oh, really? Yeah, (laughs) Because the moisture, it would just kind of frost would start going. And you can see some of the frost on, um, there's like a couple of shots where you can kind of see frost Uh. on uh, the hair. But um, the other thing they did, so like that scene where they uh, help me shows up in Reagan's stomach when, uh, when the nanny or housekeep babysitter, whatever calls father Karras over, he comes over and she like pulls up Reagan's uh, shirt and they had help me on her stomach um that was done they did a mold of uh linda blair yeah linda blair i was gonna say linda carter um (laughs) wonder woman um of linda blair's torso and then they put um a compound on there and wrote help me and it would bubble up Mm. and so what they did to shoot that scene is they they took a hair dryer and when they applied heat to it, it just kind of receded. Mm. And uh, then so they shot it, played it in reverse, and that's how the help me kind of came up out of the, the stomach. So how uh, they did that. Movie I mean, magic. Yep. Vomit tubes, obviously, but like there was like a contraption like that. They, I would love to see like a diagram drawing of how they did some of these things. I'm sure it could be found online. But like the, the vomit tube coming out of the mat, mouth um, was actually installed and like they had makeup around to make it look like a false mouth and everything else. And to where the actress couldn't move her jaw at all because she was holding it in place and then the top portion and huh, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm making a lot of movements with my hands. Those of you listening, I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, it's entertaining for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh one person will get it um but yeah uh the
0: ingenuity behind it i thought was yeah it was great um did you like uh I, I was uh during the making of this the scene where ellen Burstyn the the dresser's coming at her and she kind of falls back they actually had someone pull ellen Burstyn back mm-hmm. so it felt like the, the dresser was like hitting her yep when they did that William Freakin, I guess is a madman. He's a crazy person. Mm-hmm. I told the poly guy, "Hey, I want you to give it to her." Like, and didn't tell Ellen Bernstein that. So when he pulled as hard as she did, like that scream is real because apparently she broke like a mm-hmm. rib or something. And yeah, to to she the broke the her
1: uh, coccyx. Oh, there and you go. Um, yeah, because they. Yeah, slammed her back, which now when they do that... Oh, he's fired. Oh, well, that and... But, like, now Stuntman, Because, obviously, they have a harness on and everything. They have a cable attached to it. But they have continuous tension on it. Oh, okay. So that way, when they pull, there's no more whiplash effect with your neck because a lot of people are getting injured, too. I think um, in Jaws at the opening shot when... the stunt woman, she ended up, I think, having neck and back issues, is because the harness she was strapped into was just flinging her around mm. and ended up getting whiplash. The um, so they always now have continuous tension, and they usually cut it between two shots um, just to make it look better. Because All
0: right, do you think Spielberg was inspired by this with the slow burn of Jaws? Or did you think the idea just came to him? No, I well, the shark didn't work.
1: Uh, the shark didn't work, so all I right. think it was out of necessity. Gotcha. And I think originally it was just going to be a monster movie. And um, since shark didn't work, well, I guess we'll have to use filmmaking to man all
0: these coincidences, yeah. these rich assholes. You know, what's his name from Virgin Richard Branson? Richard Branson, mm hmm. Oh, is it just a just a just sheer coincidence? Wasn't his plan, probably. He's probably wanted to get a pop star. Olivia Newton John or whatever for the day. Random trivia. Uh-huh.
1: So the doctor who was performing the medical procedure, taking the the sticking the needle yeah. in Reagan's neck, pulling the blood out. Ugh. Actual doctor, I think, but he got arrested eight years later for murdering a person. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: and uh, obviously. A obviously, person. sure. Um, but anyways, when he was arrested, he um, claimed that he was the. I th- they called it the Duffel Bag Murders or the Bag Murders or something like that. Jeez. And he said, "Yeah, I could. I I went and found any homosexual I could because I guess it was Whoa. a series of eight murders, and um, it were was uh, homosexuals were targeted, and I think they were like dismembered and put into bags. He admitted to it." They never charged him with it because who knows if he was telling the truth or right. not. Um, but there was a movie made about that called Cruising. That was also directed by William Friedkin. Really? Yeah. And no kidding. Yeah. And I think it. Was, I think it was like Al Pacino. Wow. Was in that. Um, was but it, it, but Al Pacino plays a cop trying to investigate those murders. Is it
0: art imitating life or life imitating art? No, Jeez. it is
1: it, that movie is based off that right. the, the bag murder, so um, it's crazy. Yeah. But no, it's just weird coincidence that the person in the Exorcist Is was.
0: it? Is it conspiracy theory. Dun, dun, dun. Jeez. I wanted to get this uh quote from Willie Freakin. He's uh talking about the new Exorcist which me and you we were gonna watch but we heard it's terrible. But anyway, he was—he's always been a, a against remaking or doing sequels because they made *Exorcist* two, *The Heretic*, which I've never seen, but I heard mm-hmm. it's just awful. And then uh, *The Exorcist* three, which is actually pr- a pretty decent movie. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I have not. It's pretty good. It's on Amazon. I'd recommend it. It's—it's it's a pretty good movie. Um, and of course they made the two prequels that, uh. Paul Schrader did, and then they said it was too boring, so then they had Rennie Harlan come in. He reshot everything, and they released the Rennie Harlan version. It did terrible, so they released the Paul Schrader version. <laughs> it still did terrible. <laughs> and then uh, David Gordon Green made the new one. And all right, here we go. On William Freakin's passing, because he, he passed away a couple years ago, he was talking to a critic, and William Freakin once said to him, Ed, the guy who made those new Halloween sequels is about to make one to my movie, The Exorcist. That's right. My signature film is about to be extended by the man who made Pineapple Express. I don't want to be around when that happens, but if there's a spirit world and I can come back, I plan to possess David Gordon Green and make his life a living hell. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know how he would feel about that, David Gordon Green, but... Especially after this new one came out. Make me not want to do the movie. Right. (laughs) Or make me
1: feel like, oh, I better be very confident in exactly. what I... Because that would just be like, well, I'm going to do him proud kind of a thing, but but I think he... uh William Freakin... Did he end up... He ended up dying this year, didn't he? I think yeah. he died a couple years ago. No, 2023. No, okay. So, maybe that's oh, what killed are. him.
0: <laughs> the blood is on your hands, David.
1: August 7th. Nope. Died before the movie came out. Wow. If you're related to uh William Freakin, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, now he's against remakes. Yes. However, he directed a remake in 1997 of Twelve Angry Men TV movie. Oh, did he? Yeah. But he got a 7.8. So. I think I remember seeing that one. Isn't it with Jack Lemmon? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jack Lemmon, George C. Scott, uh, Hume Cron Cronin, and uh, Courtney B. Vance. Hmm. And James Gandolfini.
0: Nice. And Tony Danza. Danza's a hell of a cast. And
1: Edward James almost Jesus I kind of want to watch this now <laughs>
0: well the original yeah uh, I got to watch the original it's very first very good I watch this
1: <laughs> I like the TV movie better <laughs> <laughs>
0: you'd like the the original one yeah
1: but um, uh but yeah uh if you like The Exorcist um other William Freakin movies that you could check out not in the same genre but he did the French Connection which is considered
0: I've never seen it it is decent Never seen it. Uh, It's one of those movies where it's like no permit. It's like go ahead, race cars in New York and a a little bit because of the car. (laughs) It's considered to have one of the better car chase scenes
1: in uh, in film. Um, To live and die in L.A. and
0: uh, yeah, whole whole bunch. Didn't he do uh, what's that movie? That knife, Benicio del Toro and uh, yes, The Hunted, and Tommy Lee Jones. I never saw that. I do like that movie because just the knife fighting in it is brutal Mm. and like realistic. I like it. It's very short too. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. Nice. But, uh, it's a good watch. That's a good watch too. Cool. The, uh, I kind of
1: want to do a top five car chases. (laughs) Do you? Yeah. I was thinking about that today.
0: Uh, The Bourne ultimatum. uh, The Bourne supremacy. Uh, (laughs) the Bourne Bourne identity. identity? Yeah. (laughs) the born of legacy um
1: yeah anything yeah. else on the exorcist no go see it it's great yeah go go out right now and see it it's or a good movie stay on your couch and watch
0: it that's true you can do that too don't go see the new one
1: yeah <laughs> vote with your dollars people yes please go see the creator or something At least they're just original. gonna keep
0: doing this stuff if you keep going to these movies
1: go watch the creator we haven't seen it yet i know i heard it's good give your money to that not yes shit all right well uh so what did you think of the exorcist let us know in the comments Mm -hmm. um what was your favorite part and no one's gonna be like oh it's bad if you (laughs) are we'll make fun of you we promise (laughs) um but uh join us next time when we take down the one percent as we review and discuss the new mike flanagan limited Mm -hmm. series the Fall of the House of Usher.
0: That's right. We're going back to TV. For yes. the first time in a year. Mike Flanagan.
1: It's pretty good. Yeah. This is I am I'm not even finished with the second episode and already it's better than I'm The Midnight Club.
0: Right. I was kind of disappointed in The Midnight Club, so I'm hoping that I was, he rebounds. I was
1: bamboozled. It was written for kids. Yes, I know. I did not know that.
0: <laughs> I, was like, I am not a I was child. Like,
1: this feels very stupid <laughs> compared to his other things that he's done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you're a teenager listening to this, it's okay. It's fine. You get smarter. Yeah. Or maybe you're you're probably precocious or something, in you you're <clears throat> already smarter than us, which isn't hard. So. No. But uh, that's next time. The Fall of the House of Usher. So uh, and that will. I believe uh, we'll have one more uh, after that. One more Halloween-ish mm-hmm. movie, spooky something after that. Yep. And then we'll go into November and talk about Turkey. Just kidding. And the Marvels.
0: Oh, God, I'm just damn. kidding. Are they still?
1: <laughs> oh the oh the Marvels. Yes. Oh. No. Yeah. No. We're not I'm just kidding. We won't do that. No, but there there is uh, some good stuff coming out
0: later this year. I think. Yep.
1: You have Dune too.
0: Tune two, two, Killers of the Flower Moon. I do yep. want to see that movie. So this would be will be some good stuff. Do yep. it. Alright. Till next time, Matt. Till next time, Jay.